Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Let's keep calm and mother on. Mothering is way too important to do alone and way too serious to be serious all the time. My name is Christy Thomas, and I am here shoulder to shoulder with you, mothering and enjoying life together. This is the podcast where you can focus on being mindful and taking a deep breath with me and learning new things so you can pause and savor the amazing life you already have. What a week the first week of May is. It is Nurses Appreciation, Teachers Appreciation, Mother's Day weekend, and the Friday before Mother's Day is always Military Spouse Appreciation Day. So that's today. And you probably know this is a really soft spot for me. So I am excited to host a brand new podcaster, Lindsay C., and she has her new podcast called Married to Military. She's a relationship coach and a podcast for military spouses. It's a fantastic show, and I highly recommend it. I've listened to every single episode. Without further ado, I can't wait for you to meet Dr. Lindsay C. I am so excited today to bring you Lindsay. She is the podcaster under Married to Military. And today, Friday, the Friday before Mother's Day, is Military Spouse Appreciation Day. So it's super important that we take the time to celebrate how awesome military spouses are. Because most of you don't know that there's a Military Spouse Appreciation Day. So let's talk and say hi to Lindsay. Hi, Lindsay. Hi there. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I am excited that we can connect like halfway around the world, that I am here in Florida, Georgia area, and you're overseas in Europe. And this is what a small world it is. Yes, we were just talking military spouses. We are everywhere. We are. We're everywhere and nowhere. Um, I don't know about you, but we've been married. I've been married to my husband for 17 and a half years. And when people ask me where home is, I don't know what to say anymore. Like, I know where I grew up, but is that home anymore? I, I don't know. We talk about that, too. Like, when we get out of the military, where do we live? Because do we go back to our hometowns, Mm -hmm. which we've been away from for so long? Do we find somewhere new? Do we? Yeah, it's it's a very complicated, nomadic life we live. It's a very complicated life. My kids that are 13 and 14, um, they don't know where to say home is. My eight-year-old just claims Maryland because that's where he was born, even though I'm sure he has no memory of living in that state. (laughs) My daughter is three, and she 
let's see. She was born in California. She's lived in Portugal. We just told her that, hey, we just got orders to Japan. And her response is, what's Japan? (laughs) She has no idea where she's from. (laughs) Yep. There's a term. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called third culture kid. It's usually applied to the missionary kids, but I think it applies equally to military kids, whether they've lived only in the United States or outside of the United States. That every region of the, the country we've lived in, we've only lived in stateside, is so different that it's a new culture every time. Absolutely. I, I agree. I, I hate the term that you know military brat that sort of has been applied um, because... Really, military kids are the most resilient of all children I've ever met. I mean, they are to have to start over. And I and I feel this. We'll talk about this yeah. about military spouses, too. But um, they need a new they need a new nickname. We need to update that. We, we refuse to use it. Yeah, we, we yeah. refuse to use Same. it at this house. And we've written to organizations that call kids military brats. And then they've tried to defend it to us. And my kids are like, uh-uh. Nope, not having it. (laughs) Not winning that argument, no. Yeah, like, nope, we don't get to be called that anymore because we say so. We're the kids now. (laughs) So tell me, Lindsay, what are your special things? Because I find you to be such an interesting person and you have a great skill set that you can share because of your unique training. Yeah, um... So I actually, I have, a, I have a doctor of psychology. I was a practicing psychologist for the last, you know, 10, 12 years. And, you know, I've had to quit <laughs> and start over every single time we move. And, you know, I got tired of explaining why I only <laughs> have two year, you know, gaps on my resume. And, and so Finally, I said, you know what, I, I want to do something that, you know, is is mine that I can kind of take with me. But I want to also do it at, for other military spouses. Like I worked for the military as a psychologist. So with active duty, with families. And I was finding a lot of, you know, similar things that not only have myself and my own family dealt with but like we're all sort of struggling and um when I was a new military spouse I made a ton of mistakes and I didn't you know know what was right and what was wrong and so I just had this idea originally it started out as a book um but then I it turned into a podcast it just felt more organic I wanted to be able to connect Um, And I wanted to just create a community for military spouses who, you know, to lift each other up, to make this life a little bit easier and where I can give my tips just from being a psychologist um, so that they can kind of, again, live easier and live more fulfilling lives. So that's how this parenting podcast, motherhood podcast got started was I'm an elementary school teacher that has moved so many times that I've decided like I needed something new to do to fill my time. Yeah. Well, and, and honestly, this is something that I think almost every military spouse deals with. If you look, military spouses have the highest unemployment rate of almost any population. 
And not all of that is going to be people who are choosing to be unemployed. Right. And I just think that we are forced, but because of that, like we are the most creative and innovative and because we just have to make things work. And um, if you look at military spouse run businesses, they are the most creative and they are just really the most outstanding in the things that they do because they have to be so flexible yeah. and and just really think outside the box. We we don't give ourselves credit for because we just have to draw on them all the time. That when I talk to civilian friends, when I'm lucky enough to make civilian friends, um, yeah. <laughs> they're always surprised by like what seems normal to me at this point. Mm -hmm. They're like, how are you dealing with that? And I'm like, I didn't know it was an option to not deal with that. <laughs> like, how, how do you not do? Like, I don't know. <laughs> so it's always yeah. surprising. So what was one of the biggest surprises you found as a new military spouse or right when you started dating? Because he was already active duty when you started dating, right? Yes, yes. He he was newly active duty, but yes, he um, was in his very first command when we started dating. So to be fair, he, I mean, I had full disclosure into, into life, but I think still even early on, you just, you don't know what you don't know, right? And I think the thing that shocked me the most was really how much things change um, and how, you know, you can't rely on anything, even things that you have in writing and schedules <laughs> yeah. and um, so I can't tell you how many vacations we've had to cancel and weddings that we've missed and, you know, really just important things that we even thought we'd be able to go to. And so I think that um, I don't know how you really emotionally prepare for some of those things. I, I don't think you can. I think that just normalizing that you're not the only one that has missed really important events or that you've suffered those disappointments or after living away from home for so long that you feel like that disconnect from mm -hmm. all your family that still lives in one spot. Like there's a different vibe that happens after all these years. And, yeah, and it's a challenge. Yeah, and you, it is. And you have to, I mean, you have to really start all over. You have to make all new friends. You have to you know, find a new hairdresser and you have to, you know, start new schools and you have to like, really, you have to create a whole new life every two to three years. And I think that, um, you know, there's people who never move, you know, they settle yep. and they stay forever. And I just think that it's really underestimated sometimes, like how much um, work and really awesomeness that takes from individuals. Well, yeah, I think like overall moving ranks is like one of the higher stress events in a person's life when you yes. look at stress levels, right? Like moving, death, sickness, moving is high in that lifelong stress event. Yes, and we're doing it every two to three years. Yep. And if you even look at, um, you know, along with that, right, like reasons for divorce and things, you know, all of that, the high stress, you know, all of that kind of plays a role. And so I think that, I mean, I just personally, I think that military families are beyond impressive. 
That's good to hear, because I think so, too. And I think that we just don't give ourselves enough credit. So what you see when you look at a military spouse is someone that's flexible, someone that's resilient, someone that's got tons of creativity. Or do you see someone, because we'll go there, there are these these awful spinoffs of what military spouses are that are not always Mm -hmm. kind. And we're not always kind to each other, too, in the military spouse community, because... We want everyone to put on their big girl panties for a better phrase and suck it up and deal with things sometimes that we become callous towards each other. But that's not how you see military spouses. I don't. And I, I, I definitely seen that, of course, being a, a military spouse. But for me, I really, for the most part, I, I think that military spouses overall like we lift each other up and we really have to um we are the only ones that sort of know this life and if we are also putting each other down in that and and look i get i get that also this lifestyle is going to trigger a lot of things in people right and so um but i i in the firm believer, I think women lifting up other women, um, military spouses, men or women lifting each other up. I just think that we all need to, um, help us get through. And if you really look at like when we were young in school, like how we are taught when you're doing a good job, right? Yeah. You get the gold star, you get, you know, an award, you get as you're, you know, going through promotions, you get all of these things that tell you that you're doing a good job. And as military spouses, we don't get that. And a lot of times we don't even get the promotions and stuff because we're having to quit all the time. And so I think that really providing that opportunity where we are recognizing each other for the really great things that we're doing and and kind of giving those gold stars um because they're not always coming from other places they're really not and i know that military spouse appreciation day was started in 1986 by ronald reagan but i know that every year when i post about it on facebook because i have this annual post that i do and and people are always surprised that it's a day that we should pause and appreciate each other. That that military spouses deserve appreciation because usually it's only my husband that gets the thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I talk about this on the podcast too, where a lot of people will say that too, like thank my husband for his service. And I love that. I really do right. love that he gets that recognition because he does make a lot of sacrifice Absolutely. to be away. But but we forget, and I think people outside of the military altogether, they really don't see it. Like, they really don't see because, you know, as military spouses, we're away from f- friends and family also. And most of the time we're doing a bunch of this stuff all by ourselves, you know. And and I think that there's so much sacrifice from both people. So I think, I think so. really recognizing both members Mm -hmm. of the you know married to military yeah absolutely yeah absolutely i and and i do i appreciate my husband and all the sailors that he works with and everything that they do they just have a whole different experience than i do so while i understand what they're doing 
I understand what all the families back at home are doing that make sure that they can do their job well without thinking about stuff at home. So they can do yeah. their job well without being stressed out. It's so hard to understand the limited communication that there is. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, people understand what he I, does, but they don't understand the home front. No, and, and your job is essential for him to be able to go and do that and do it well. And I say this all the time, like if you want really good military members, you got to build up their family back home because if they're solid and they're taking care, right? Like I am way more apt, for example, to take, you know, healthy risks, like to, um, you know, go for a promotion or to go that extra mile in my job or learn something new. And, and it's the same for the service member. Like they are more apt to be, you know, on the mission and focus where they need yeah. to be if they don't have to worry about anything at home. Yeah. And we want them to be safe because we want them to come home. <laughs> we just want them to be safe so they can come home someday and not be mm-hmm. in danger. So what skills, what do you want civilians to know about military spouses? If they know someone that's a military spouse, do you have any tips for how someone that's not in the military community could reach out better or, or tips for yeah, a military I, I spouse think... for reaching out? Cause it probably goes both ways. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'll start with the civilian. So first I will say, that just reaching out to them, even if they say, no, I don't need help or I'm good, continuing to reach out is important because we do need help from time to time and we're not always great at, at actually asking. And so actually reaching out. The other thing I say to civilians all the time is like, you can't always take things personally if we cancel or if we you know, have to change things around all the time because for the military life, that is our life. Things get canceled all the time and we change things all the time and it's just sort of how things go. So it doesn't always mean anything about, you know, how much we care about you and how we value our time with you. It's just the nature of the lifestyle, so to speak. Um, I think that And this I will actually say to the military spouse, too, because I remember early on, you know, people would come to be my civilian friends and be like, oh, my husband is gone for a weekend. It's so terrible. I don't know how you do it. (laughs) And I would almost like roll my eyes and say like a weekend, like (laughs) that's nothing. Right. But I also I also understand that as a civilian, you're not used to your partner most civilians leaving for like six to 10 and a year on end. And so, um, and that's good. I don't want everyone to have. Right. Like, yeah, I appreciate that they're trying to find a peg to compare and to empathize with. Um, but it didn't always feel that way. Exactly. That's, and I would say that too. So it's finding a way to empathize in a way that also doesn't, um, I, you know, make the the things that the military spouse member is dealing with like even bigger because mm-hmm. it, it kind of made me think 
after a weekend, like, well, gosh, how am I going to get through six months then? You know, so I think I, the last time, say, like, my husband was deployed, I would have, without even always asking me, I would have some of my civilian friends, they would come and, like, hang my Christmas decorations for me or, you know, just do little odds and ends for me now and then. And, and that was probably the most helpful thing um, as a military spouse that that my civilian friends could do. Uh, yeah, one of the easiest things was having someone offer to carpool my kids around so that I had like an extra driver that I didn't have anymore. And that was super yeah, nice with huge. the ages of my kids. Just being able to take that one thing off your plate every now and then is is humongous. And I would say for even like civilian friends who are maybe not, you can't do anything like that. But even just calling to check in from time to time and saying, you know, I know you're doing this alone or they're gone or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and how are you? I mean, that in and of itself um, helps a lot as well. It does, because you don't know when the last time the military spouse had any contact with their own spouses. Like, those are things we can't talk about easily all the time. So, Oh, that would be the other thing. Like, we're not allowed to talk about yeah. when they come. <laughs> and we're not I'm not allowed to post when they leave. Within, I have to wait 72 hours, I think, so they're safe. Yeah. And I'm not really allowed to post when he's home. And ideally, my Facebook page looks the same when he's home and when he's not home. If I'm being yeah. really good at it, like it's not supposed to be detectable. <laughs> yes. And that's hard. And I think just knowing that, too, as as the civilian that, um, you know, there are all of these rules that we have to follow for really good safety reasons. And it has nothing to do with just us not wanting you to know what's going on. Absolutely. That's good. So, so say you can talk to the military spouse now, how could they be better at coping with some of this craziness or asking for help when they need it? Do you have any hard one tips or, I mean, this is kind of your wheelhouse. Yeah. <laughs> so military spouses as as amazing and I mean my my whole first episode talks about how military spouses are superheroes. But I will also say military spouses, like we need help and we need, you know, we don't have that family nearby and um, we don't have even the, the friendships that you build for long periods of time. And so you have to have to ask for help if you need things, um, you have to get comfortable. And the best way to get comfortable is to do it and yep. to say it and and to know that people around you want to help and want to support and it doesn't make you weak it doesn't make you any less amazing um it just makes you human and why not make it a little bit easier on yourself if you can um the other thing is really finding the the spouses that kind of like what we were talking about before that really lift you up right yep. that are going to be the ones that make you feel good that motivate you um, and staying out of drama, if, if it's there, it's just not, it's just not helpful and it's not productive. Um, and ideally we can just get rid of it altogether, but until then, just, <laughs> just really making sure that you're, you're choosing healthy, productive, um, support, um, every single time. 
that's that's really key. I like that to remember that I have a choice when those situations erupt in front of you. That that just because the drama is there doesn't mean you have to participate. You can slowly back away from it all. Yes, and and partly it's just as I get older and I realize I don't need this or want this in my life, but it really is a choice. It's a choice to participate in. It's a choice to be involved and um, removing yourself could feel really great. I think that with the last year with COVID, I think everyone, at least my hope is that all civilians now have a taste of like what a deployment feels like. Cause I think that's how the rolling shutdowns felt to me. It felt very much like that deployment lifestyle of living in jello but now yes. that now that we're back into more normal ish life as things are opening back up, do you have any tips for um, for parents, the military spouse that's a parent going through this crazy lifestyle? Yeah, that's a great. So, in terms of the for the parent, I say remember the kids really are super resilient, and in many ways you as the adult are going to struggle with with things and with change way more than they are going to. And so, um, you know, just remembering that first, but communicating with kids, even little kids, kids do really well if they know what to expect. And in a lifestyle that you can't know what to (laughs) expect, it's just communicating that um, as often as you can. And I think sometimes we even will like hold out on stuff because yeah. we don't want to get take kids' hopes up and things like that. And I, I understand that. And I think sometimes that's okay. But I also think kids will pick up on energies. Yep. And if they at least have some information, um, that it will be better for them. And it'll be better for, for you as the adult overall because now you, you know, it's things are out in the open and, yeah, the elephant's so, not, yeah, in the corner hiding. Yes, yes. And knowing that, you know, yes, they will be disappointed if this things change, but so will you. And now you guys can deal with that together versus um, they know that you're really upset and they have no idea why. Like, that is way more terrifying for kids than, than any of the other, um, like, emo- you know, sadness and things like that. Yeah, I was talking to a, uh, another Navy military friend of mine today. We've decided that the biggest thing that helps make a resilient kid is a um, mom that can manage her own stress well. Yes. Yeah, really taking care of yourself and really modeling how to do that. I always say, like, as a parent, you don't have to be okay all the time. And actually, it's better if you're not, because you don't want your kid to think that they have to be okay all the time, because they're not going to be. And then when they're not, they think that they're failing for some reason. Mm -hmm. So I think that it's okay. They just need to see that you're managing that in a way that's healthy. And the great news is, and I think that people don't always know this, but there are a ton of resources for military spouses. You know, there is everything from, you know, counseling to just handouts. And, you know, you have people like me that are doing like coaching now and you have, you know, work, workbooks, and there are, are tons of ways to get information. And so, um, 
if you can't find what you need, like just even asking, again, going back to that asking for help, because there is a resource for you out there, I guarantee it. It's sometimes, yeah, overwhelming just to ask the question. Yeah. I, well, our society has sort of taught us that you it's not okay to not be okay. And it's really disappointing because, again, nobody is okay all of the time. And so you're just setting up an unrealistic expectation that you're we're, and then we're going to fail because there's going to be times. I mean, there are times when I am resentful and there are times when I hate this lifestyle yep. and just as many times as I love the lifestyle. So I think just making all of that OK, even yeah. um, is is such a big step towards feeling OK. Absolutely. I had the privilege of talking to some veteran spouses um, a couple years ago at a reunion. And they were asking me if like the same thing still happened. Like their car had two flat tires in the garage the day that they left or the washing machine breaking down. And I was so excited to hear that like all those things were still normal. <laughs> Way yeah. back in like 1960, I, 1970. I, my, a few friends and I, we call it the leave gremlin because as soon as my husband leaves, it's no joke, like something happens every single time. Um, things never go wrong when, I mean, they when do, he's here, yeah. it feels like, so, yeah. Yeah, I know. It was, but they always stand out more. <laughs> they do. When, when you have to figure it out yourself, like we had a toilet that broke this last time he was gone. And so I was texting one of my running buddies that's a handyman. I was like, okay, let me take you all sorts of photos so you can tell me which part to buy so I can try to figure this out. Because, <laughs> you know, yeah, you need I, a working toilet. <laughs> Our sink like sprung a leak on the bottom and I had water like shooting out. Oh. I had we were refinancing our house. We had like a notary coming over. I had I was pregnant and I had like I was sick. And it was just one of those things that yeah. um, but I get through it. And I think not every day people have those opportunities to prove to themselves yeah. like how amazing they are. Like that is incredible. The things that we do. I mean, I built a whole bed frame by myself. Bravo! Right? Like, I never would have done that any other time. And and it just makes me more confident every time I do things like that. So, again, I think recognizing, because we're not getting those gold stars, it's just recognizing all those little moments that you are getting through. Even if you don't feel that they're super successful, but you're still getting through them and you're surviving them. And that in and of itself is successful. That's fantastic. The last uh, deployment patrol my husband went on, I started journaling at nighttime and it goes just with this. Every night I would jot down one thing that went right that day because of me. And it was such a big mindset shifter of like, I can give myself credit, even if 500 things hit the fan there was at least one thing that went right that day that I could pat myself on the back for God, that's a great one I also do um gratitude so things coming up daily with things that you're grateful for and kind of like what you said it's making sure that they're tied back to you so if I'm thankful for my family I have to tie that 
back to me. So I'm thankful for the relationships I have with my family. Or if I'm, if I'm thankful for my house, I'm thankful for, um, you know, my ability to provide comfort for myself and my family, right? It's just tying it back. It's that extra layer of things of, of gratitude. And there is a ton of research to show how, amazing that gratitude and doing that daily is for just how we feel like it shows that we feel a lot better um we have less illness we sleep better we you know we just feel better I can go on and on but it's all good things I'll tell you that well I love how you tie that back to you like that is such that's the appreciation we need to give ourselves that credit because as you said, no one else is going to give you that gold star, especially when your yes. spouse is gone or you've just moved to that brand new town and no one even knows your name. So, And I'll tell you, one of the biggest, you know, things that come up for people in doing that is like, oh, well, I don't want to be, you know, narcissistic or I don't want to. Yeah. And and I always say, if you even have that question, like, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> you're we are normally so negative to ourselves and we just, you know, we don't, we don't build each other up as much. So really we need to be doing that just to get ourselves, you know, to, to baseline it at minimum, you know, let alone, we don't need to worry about any more than that. That is, I'm glad that you said that because I'm sure somebody thought it. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it comes up a lot, at least in my work it it has. So I always make sure. You don't be worried about that. <laughs> well, everyone is so nervous with the rise of social media. Well, and so and social media also really affects, you know, that whole perfectionistic kind of like that what we were talking mm-hmm. about, like the, you know, the not okay being, you know, not being okay is you're not putting all your negative moments on social mm-hmm. media, and I don't as well. You know, I'm putting my vacation and I'm putting our, the cute photos that we take. It's the highlight reel. Um, Absolutely. And for some reason, we know that about ourselves, but we don't think that when we're looking at other people. And so that's also it, too, is I think one, if we can be more real, that's great. But if not, just at least remembering, like I am only getting, you know, the best bits of this person's life. I want to say happy military spouse appreciation day to you. Oh, thank you. I am just impressed by what you do in your heart and that I know it's hard to stay vulnerable and soft hearted when you're moving around all the time and you're in a different country and it's really easy to get calloused and salty and build a hard shell because sometimes that seems easier with listed lifestyle. So thanks for being soft and vulnerable still. Thank you. Thank you, Christy. And I, I feel the same way. Thank you for for your service as well. So every episode, Lindsay, I have ends with a self-care idea and a family play idea. Do you have a self-care idea for someone that they could do that's like simple and easy and maybe costs almost nothing? Yeah, so I would kind of going with the gratitude, like I I said, so coming up every day, you can even come up with just one thing, say that every day for a week and then start over. But along with that affirmation, so saying positive things to yourself on a regular basis, again, it just balances out all that negative, you know, mumbo jumbo that comes up in our head and in media and all that stuff. So coming things like 
you know, I am strong. I am, you know, I am kind. I am enough. Things like that can really make a difference in our overall mood and just how we see the world. So making sure that you're kind of balancing out all the the negative stuff. That's fantastic. I like that one. Because yeah, you can, you can say that just as you're sitting down rubbing a kid's back, trying to get them to sleep, you can fit affirmations in anywhere. Anywhere. And that's also a good thing um, to even do with the whole family is to, to make sure that um, those positive messages are coming out because we can't hear them enough. Like we just need more and more and more of them. That's good to know. Because, yeah, sometimes it's easy to feel like you can overdo those. But can you? Mm -hmm. Can you overdo the affirmations? (laughs) No. What we we overdo the negative stuff in our head. All those little thoughts that tell us that we're not enough and that we're not doing good enough and that we're not, um, you know, where we should be. All of that. So you can't you can't overdo the affirmations. You can't. No, you cannot overdo affirmations. And if anything, the more the better. So if we could, if you could do it every second of every day, the more benefit you're going to get. That's huge. Now, what about family fun ideas? I know you have a little kiddo. So how are you having fun together? I think that honestly, when it comes to family, I'm very much like kid centered. So it doesn't matter how old they are, but really having them lead what they want to do. So for me now with a toddler, um, she turned, you know, just turned three. Um, It's, you know, it might be sitting down and playing stickers. It might be, um, you know, playing make believe or something like that. But, you know, having with an older kid, it might be just talking or watching TV or something. But really letting kids be the guide um, has a lot of benefit. There's a lot of research supporting how great that can be for just kids development and and really you know becoming their own self and their own you know person i i appreciate that one because yeah and it gets me to see each of my three kids differently when you can take Mm -hmm. the time and separate them out and let them take the wheel (laughs) yeah and that's a good point too is um you know, making sure you're you're getting some time for, for individual time with each kid and knowing that it's always um, quality over quantity. So it doesn't need to be a long time, um, but just some time. A great five minutes is better than a not so great, you know, three hours. Yep. We've all had those road trips, right? Where we've been forced <laughs> in the car with people, but like no conversation happened. <laughs> yeah or you can have- you might as well have been alone yeah <laughs> my last tip is put the phone away that's great nothing gets in the way of connecting and and all the good stuff that than a device of some kind so um make the most of the the limited time that you have and you know do it without distraction fantastic well where can people best find you Lindsay? besides your podcast married to military where else can they find you? Yes. So they can find me on Instagram at married to military. And I, you know, I'm, I'm sort of building things up right now, actually. So I'm hoping to do um, some challenges in the future. I love doing giveaways. I have a Facebook group um, that people can join as well. So but but married to military on Instagram is the best one stop shop right now. 
fantastic. And I will have that in the show notes. So if you're busy walking or jogging or folding laundry, you can find it in the show notes when you're done with this episode. Well, thank Great. you so much for being here. I am happy to know you and I wish you the best of luck with your show. Congrats. Thank you. And again, happy Military Spouse Appreciation Day. Yes. Woohoo. Bravo, Zulu. <laughs> thank you for listening. I am so glad you're here. I appreciate all of you, civilians military spouse, military parent, active duty military yourself. I'm just glad you're here. And because you listen to this show, you're a mother or somebody that mothers. So also happy Mother's Day. I hope you have the most amazing day where you feel rested and loved. Cheers to you. I'm the lucky one that I get to know you. Have a great day, everyone. Bye.